Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Longbox Podcast, presented by Plus Wickle Comics and Rogue Media Network. Your weekly dump. (laughs) (laughs) Why you're taking it down? (laughs) Comics, yay! Go comics. We're we're still figuring that part out, guys. Still figuring that part out. Improv. Comedy happens in threes. All right. I'm a mean green machine. You Shrek? No. I mean, that, that could be a team. Mono's coming with some deep cuts yeah, here, man. This can't it's, be the Hulk. It's not the Hulk. How, Jordan? It's, it's relevant to what we're talking about. Martian Manhunter. Hey, oh. He says that? Says he does. He's a mean green machine. Hmm. I found, this, I found this place that kind of does, does these general like, comic quotes. Yeah, yeah and they're like general like after and they'll say like, oh, normally after a battle or normally like in conversation with the Flash or normally. But that's I think. That's uh, OK, it's not uh, like a direct. You know what? I bet you that's probably from like the JLA book or something. Yeah, One yeah. of the more modern. Yeah. Yeah. Versions of the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the JLA, it kind of fits in today's episode. We're talking all about the D.C. New Frontier. Uh, the DC New Frontier uh, came out from uh, Darwin Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't remember the year that it came out, uh, but Darwin Cook was the writer and the illustrator for this one. Darwin um, Cook was a genius. He uh, sadly passed away, I believe, in 2016. Um, but uh, he this this piece of work right here, DC New Frontier. It's a seminal piece of work. Everyone yeah. should read it. 2004. Absolutely. Yeah. 2004, 2005. And it's a, a six issue. It's hard to say a mini series because it's Jeez. it's it's about over three hundred pages long. Right. It's a mini series. Mini series can be long. He's got it's if it's six issues, you know, you break it down. It could be, uh, it could be twelve issues, but he did it, you know, in half the amount of books. I think I I think it. I look at it as a mini series. Cool. Before we get into the episode today, do you guys have any bits of news? No, but we have a fan question. All right, hey. hit me. Let's try and get to this fan question. Yes. Uh, where is it? This one comes in from longtime listener, Jay Carbajal. Hey. Um, Jay Crib. Jay Crib. He's got some stuff out there. You guys want to check it out? Oh, here we go. What are so this is uh with the recent announcement of Deadpool three oh, okay. and uh Ryan Reynolds introducing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Ugh. And uh Jay asks, What are your thoughts on Hugh Jackman reprising the role as Wolverine? What timeline do you think they will use for the plot slash story? And do you think they might have cameos of other Marvel characters that we've seen before, or should they introduce New characters that we have been wanting to see. First of all, I think they shouldn't have brought Hugh Jackman back. Yes. And it's not because, oh, he exited as Logan in Logan so beautifully. I think he's just old now. And we need to, if we're going to do the X-Men in the MCU, which Deadpool is now a part of the MCU. Yes. He's been brought over. If we're going to do the X-Men, you need to start casting. You need to start casting or recasting. Other than that, uh, this might fall in a different timeline, like the same universe from uh, Mouth of Madness, where they had the uh, Illuminati. Yeah. So, I mean, so it, I guess it wouldn't affect the main MCU storyline, but Here, I. Here's my hope for Hugh Jackman's role as Wolverine. They're like going to have the real Wolverine that we're going to have. Uh, the new cast Wolverine, 
And then Deadpool's like, I knew a guy like you. And they like, cut to a small little scene when Hugh Jackman's there. Because you didn't see Hugh Jackman's face in that reveal that, uh, that what you call it, did. His face isn't in the reveal. In what reveal? In the, the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool 3 reveal where he says Wolverine is in it. You hear his voice, but you don't see Hugh Jackman. And I think that might have something to do with it. No, they did a... Joey, they, Joey does not pay attention. He, like, sees one thing and then he's off. It's Your ADHD kicked in. So he's like... Ryan Reynolds is like, hey, Hugh. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. You want to be in the movie? But you don't he's see like, his sure. face. And then they do a follow-up where both of them are sitting on the couch together going over yes. the story. Yes. But do you see his face? He's on the couch. He's talking to the camera. Bro, I could have sworn they cut his face. Joey. I know, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the first clip they ever released about. They you know, showed thing. more? Yes. <sighs> I lost hope after that first one, man. But no, I, I, fuck. I kind of piggybacking right off of Danny said, they need to let him go. Like, not because it's, you know, the Logan thing and all that, but I, I don't really want to backtrack to an alternate universe or I something. I think like they that. need to recast Wolverine. I have Absolutely. a perfect. Yes. Oh, who? Yes. who do you got? I have a Danny, perfect. I haven't heard this one. Yes, you have it? not. Who no, you it? haven't because I told Danny, I was like, save it for the, when we talk about it. Hit me. Because I want to see your face. They need to cast Charlie Day. Think about it. Think about it. You put 20 pounds of muscle on him and let him go crazy. (laughs) You let him grow his hair out. You let him grow his beard out. Put 20 pounds of muscle on him. Let him act the way he does. Charlie Day. How tall is he? 5'3", 5'5". That's perfect for Wolverine. Not a six foot. Well, how tall is you, Jack? Like six, six two, six, six two. two. Yeah. Always wearing those boot cuts. It would be jeans. a drastically different Wolverine. It would be Wolverine, yes. not drastically different. It, it would, would be, be Wolverine. Wolverine. Well, yeah, I mean, drastically different See, from Wolverine okay, that we this, had. Okay, but this is it. This is my problem with you, Jackman, and it's been since the beginning. Right. Wolverine has never been a tall, front, tall character. You know, overpowering. I'm in the center of the X Men. Like he's. He's always been, like, a part of the X-Men, but really, like, doing his own thing. And when they introduced you, Jackman, they already had the idea of we're going to make him, like, the front of the X-Men. Like, yeah. He's going to be... He's the leader. He's, he's the, the, right. the, the the gravitational pull that everyone uh, goes towards. No, and that's now, never been Wolverine. And now people always assume... That's why when you say, oh, he'd be a different Wolverine. No, he would be Wolverine. Like, this would be Wolverine. Yes. Hugh Jackman is a vastly different Wolverine. Like, okay, here's a story about Hugh Jackman uh, when he was auditioning to play Wolverine. He walked in and started howling like a wolf. And the producers were like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm a wolf, right? And they're like, no, you're a Wolverine. He's like, what's a Wolverine? Because he didn't believe that Wolverines were a real thing. They had to tell him that, yes, wolverines are real animals, and they live in Canada. So Hugh Jackman should not be wolverine. Hugh Jackman should have never been wolverine. Never been wolverine. I'll give Charlie Day a shot. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Put a cigar in his Uh, mouth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and as far as, like, putting, uh, also what Jay said, like, what characters and like at this, I don't want to see anything. Like put B list characters in there if you're not gonna reintroduce like, X Force. Yeah, the the ones from Deadpool two. Just bring yes. bring those guys back. If you're not gonna try to make this movie really fit into like the whole MCU outlook of how you want it, and it's just a multiverse multiverse story or whatever, then yeah, put in the old ones. I don't care to see any kind of like legit mutants or anything like that. Yeah, I don't I don't need to see that. I mean, because uh, even in the comics, Deadpool. He is just Deadpool, but when he gets around other heroes, he like all that stuff really quiets down. He's more focused on what's going on around him, you know? So like, yeah, he does a lot of fourth wall breaking, but even in Deadpool 2, a lot of a lot of that fell to the backside because he was interacting with who was around yeah. him. So See, I think we'll I think they'll introduce other characters, but I don't think it'll be as you know, as as 
as a front and center as they would. They're, they're probably going to keep like you know Ryan Reynolds front and center, yeah. and they'll probably have him play off of uh, just the the world that he's in more or less instead of the characters because he's in the MCU. He'll probably play a lot with the the humor. Probably play a lot with the the history in there. Um, and then I'm thinking that we'll uh, we'll mention he'll like like he was doing in in his first movie. He's like, we're all the X Men, you know, this big mansion. There's only two of y'all in here. I feel like he's gonna be the segue that starts asking the questions like, yeah. well, where is X? Where is this? I mean, where where are the Avengers? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see America's ass, you know. <laughs> We, uh, cause like She-Hulk already kind of, uh, answered, asked the question in the MCU, where are the X-Men? You know, she's the first one that popped the X-Men question in the MCU. So but I that think- was, that was more of an existential thing where she yeah. was outside of her own story. Exactly. But I think right. Deadpool is going to be able to do that same thing inside of the story. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what he's done before. And so I think we're just going to get that way. So I think instead of so getting, you a- want Deadpool to beat a dead horse. I mean, I don't think. I just think that's what's. I mean, I don't want yeah. that to happen. I just think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Sadly. Mm. You know, we'll see. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the the best thing they can do is announce that there's a new Wolverine cast, and then I'll have faith in what's. And that on. won't come until 2025, 2026, when they start doing the X Men movies. And everything. So we have time. Like even in the because even then, 2025, 2026, that would put Charlie Day at 50 years old. Why did you have to ruin it? I'm just saying, like the whole point of wow. Hugh Jackman was that he's getting too old, and we want a long form. That we might have a 60 year old Wolverine up in there. If you like Hugh Jackman, bro, just play it. We can talk about. I Miz don't next like time. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I don't Mr. know where y'all are getting. I like Hugh what's, Jackman. What's what's the the singing? Miz? We can talk about Miz. that. No, it's the fucking. It's still, uh, I know still this the bread. One, the greatest <laughs> showman. The greatest <laughs> showman. Oh, there it is. Oh, he knew it. <laughs> he did know it. Because my wife. Don't don't look. Don't don't throw your wife under the bus, bro. Don't throw your wife. You got this shit streaming constantly, twenty four hours. It's not me, man. It's not me. The it's greatest showman. Me. It's not me. It ain't me. We need to cut the break. Don't I we? dreamed a dream. Looking at his boy. <laughs> Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. What's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The Poltergeist. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Welcome back to the Longbox Podcast. This segment is brought to you by Skate Waco. Skate Waco has been a pillar in the sports and entertainment facility in Waco for over 30 years, and they continue to be so, building memories for Waco families. From birthday parties to weddings to quinceañeras, Skate Waco is ready to be your facility to facilitate fun.
Don't they have a didn't Gypsy doing something right now with some kind of Gypsy is in Argentina for the World Championships. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's she's crazy. gonna she's gonna be there for two weeks and then she's gonna be there for another two weeks for vacation. Dang, yeah, she told me to not her. not to call her. Yeah. She said, "Don't bother me." But for real, it's like <laughs> I'm in charge of the team right now, and I'm like, my my, my nerves are crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, but all right, y'all. Today's episode all about Darwin Cook's DC New Frontier. Yeah, or DC front New Frontier from Darwin Cook. Mm-hmm. This is the New Frontier by Darwin Cook. There we go. Yeah. There we go. This is a beautiful book. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows much of Darwin Cook's work. He is very much inspired by a lot of classic illustrators and Bruce Tim. And Bruce Tim was the art director slash creator of the Timverse, which is like the Batman, the animated series, and Superman, the new adventures. And Justice League. Justice, Justice League, League, League. Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. All of those. Yep. Um, but uh, Darwin Cook has a very similar style, but more painterly, more yeah. art deco kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he really, really tells a beautiful tale. This is uh, the New Frontier happens really close towards the beginnings of the DC universe. Like Superman is still a young new hero on the scene. The Flash has just come out as you know the the Scarlet Speedster coming you know, being everywhere. Um, Batman is still pretty much lurking in the shadows. Wonder Woman hasn't made it to man's world just yet. Um, and the focus of the new frontier is on this ace test pilot for Ferris air named Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. That's a, and, and that's Joey's like favorite character. His favorite character. His fa- his favorite character. And, and it's not just Hal Jordan. It's the fact that Hal Jordan becomes one of Joey's favorite characters, mm-hmm. which is a green lantern. Um, I think they're dumb, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Came out of nowhere. They're not dumb. <laughs> they're not dumb. They're not dumb. I'm just, I'm just messing with Joey. No, uh, the story focuses on Hal Jordan and how he gets the ring. Kind of like an origin story, but really how he now becomes part of this bigger hole in the DC universe proper. You know, he's on par with characters like Superman and the flash and uh, uh, the Batman and wonder woman who are making their debuts almost daily. It seems like a daily occurrence. This happens during the red scare also. So there's uh, the government, the U S government is going after potential co- communists during uh, the Marxists. Yeah, it's they like labeled... Not Marxists, but... Like the 50s. McCarthy. Right? Yeah. McCarthy McCarthyism. McCarthy. They labeled yeah. the Justice Society of America as yeah, communists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So the Justice Society has gone into hiding. Yeah. This is like right after World War II. And there's almost like a civil war kind of thing going on where a lot of the superheroes are having a choice of either be government-sponsored and be hound dogs or be forced to go underground, like kind of like what Batman is doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think... The, the premise is, is fantastic. The premise is great. And and he's pulling a lot from DC history proper because all of these things did happen. Like, uh, if you go back to the 40s, 50s, 40s and 50s, the JSA were huge. Right. And that, then the stories that, turned. In real life, McCarthyism mm-hmm. was taking over. And yeah. then there was uh, the Seduction of the Innocents, the book by a psychologist who said, that comics were bad for kids, that it would lead to all this mm-hmm. trouble and everything. And that went like that went on trial to court mm. and comics. Uh, that's where we got get the comics code from. Mm-hmm. Um, horror comics essentially were put out of business completely. Uh, you had more books like Westerns and romance books cropping up. Superheroes were kind of like they introduced... Batgirl or or Batwoman because people thought that there was an illicit relationship between Batman and Robin. You know, like, yeah, no. Like, there was a lot more introducing of female characters to portray the main characters as straight men instead of potentially homosexual men. It was wild. Wow. It was crazy. That's right up there with that lady in that monster can shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but like and 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 the comics were reflecting that the JSA were fighting the U.S. government at the time. They had essentially helped in World War II, 
And now they were being hunted down as commie spies. And so rather than acquiesce and work for the government, they were like, no, our services are for the world to make the world a better place, Mm -hmm. not just for America. They essentially go into hiding, leaving a huge vacuum in the DC universe where heroes were needed. And that's where you get like the last son of Krypton. That's where you get the dark Knight. That's where you get the Emerald Knight. That's where you get the Scarlet speedster. You know, these heroes start cropping up little by little by little. And it's the, the story's great. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, I have this as an absolute addition. Tight. Yeah. This is one of those where I was like, I got to get it. I got to get it. So in this one, we also have uh, John Jones, who's uh, he was kind of accidentally transported to Earth. So that happens, too, in the comics. Mm -hmm. But yes, in this story, it shows it it sets up a lot of origin stories. John Jones is accidentally teleported to Earth from Mars. Mm -hmm. And when he appears, the scientist who did it is shooketh. Sure. He has a heart attack, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has a heart attack. Oh, did he him. die? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then John Jones, you know, being the empathetic character that he is, he's like trying to, he's scared, but he's in a strange land, strange world. And in order to like not get caught, he takes on the persona because he's a shapeshifter. Yep. Takes on the persona of this doctor and kind of just escapes into the world. And he's living by himself, whatever. Uh, that's an interaction that comes later in the books between him and the Batman. The Batman knows about him. And we, we touched on this, uh, during the Grant Morrison episode that Martians have a weakness to fire. Batman kind of confronts this John Jones character. He's like, look, I know what you are. You know, Batman is no dummy. (laughs) It's like, I know what you are. And he's like lighting matches with Adam and shit. (laughs) Like threatening, like honestly, I don't see how Batman doesn't get his ass whooped weekly. Yeah, at right? least once a week, just someone needs to take <laughs> this dude out and just beat the shit out of him. Like, knock it off, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fuck's wrong with you, Dracula wannabe? God, go punch a criminal, Jesus! Leave me alone. So take oh, your God. shoulder pads off. Yeah. <laughs> like the way he's portrayed in some comics, it's like, man. Really? Just leave me alone. That is kind of true. That is kind of true. Batman's kind of a dick. (laughs) He, uh, uh, you said that, uh, he takes up the identity of the doctor. Right. He takes up the identity of a detective, John Jones. Yeah, later on. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of escapes escapes the science uh, lab, Mm -hmm. the, the ubiquitous science lab building that is in the middle of Manhattan somewhere. He takes on the persona of the doctor to get out. And then once there, he mixes in with the crowd by taking on the persona of a detective, John Jones. Which, how? I can't remember if the guy's name was actually John Jones. Just, that's so convenient that the guy, that the alien John Jones. Did he, okay, did he actually take on the persona of an existing detective? Or did he become a detective and kind of tele- telepathically make everyone remember him as Detective John mm-hmm. Jones? Because I, I feel like that is more in line with right then yeah i just figured they would assume someone else's identity and it's not because it, i don't know you watch rick and morty yeah. where they have to search different planets for a family that fits <laughs> yeah, into whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah okay this family died perfectly for us to just slip right yeah. in yeah you know i i don't think the martian manhunter would do something like that fair oh. A dead detective, and his name is John Jones. What? <laughs> I hit the jackpot, guys. <laughs> it's identity theft. Yeah, it's legal, legal here. So we Marshall. uh the halfway through, and I I saw uh, Muhammad Ali in this episode. Yeah, this issue. Well, he's Cassius but he's Clay, Cassius right? Clay right yeah. here. Well, he's, yeah, we're still dealing with the fifties and sixties, and he throws in a lot of history. Of what's going on in like, the world. He's fighting Wildcat. Yeah, yeah. Ted, really Ted, cool. Ted Grant. Mm-hmm. Ted Grant, the Wildcat, then, uh, who's a superhero slash boxer. boxer. Yeah, middleweight champ, heavyweight champ, something like that. He's heavyweight. Yeah. Something. Um, oh, shit. The book actually opens up with the losers. He throws in so many DC characters. Oh, so I had a qu- yeah, cause I had a question on this. The Losers was that anything to do with the Chris Evans movie that came yes. out a while back? It's yes. the same. That's the same group. They're like a a black ops team that 
luck is not on their side ever, <laughs> but they they manage to get through shit. Dang. You know, um, the losers land on this island of dinosaurs, which exists in the DC universe as well. Um, and they, you know, they're the losers. They get picked off one by one. And finally, there's just like the sergeant left and he leaves this cryptic message like, hey, you know, this island is not what it seems. It it needs to be gotten rid of, you know, but we were here. We were fighting the good fight sign, the losers, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, DC, DC had a lot of like. Uh, adventurous comics. They had the losers. They had the challengers of the unknown. Even the Doom Patrol. They weren't necessarily regular superheroes, but they would go on adventures and stuff. Um, and I think that was in response to a book like the Fantastic Four that Marvel had at the time. You know, uh, imitations of the sincerest form of flattery, and they were just making stuff like that up. They they had a lot of, like. Ghost Tank and Sergeant Rock. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of military. They they were really trying to hold on to that grouping of comics as well uh, before solidly transitioning into superheroes alone. So. Tight. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really enjoyed about uh, this one was the, they didn't stray away from anything. Right. Darwin Cook is a creator of color. Mm-hmm. And he threw in the scene with, John Henry, whenever mm-hmm. he is being attacked by the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. And this is his origin story in this universe where he is able to get out of that and he kind of dons that mask still and he the gets hood. his hammer. The hood. Yeah, that's right. The hood. And uh, he is, is all in gray, but he looks like that silver steel look and he has his hammer. And he his question, origin- does he have a red cape? No. Cape doesn't work, bro. <laughs> Corner me over here, man. Corner me over here. Um, so, uh, but to, then to kind of piggyback off of the opening, uh, the losers were there to find Rick Flag, uh-huh. and uh, after the the John Henry Irons deal with the Ku Klux Klan, uh, we cut back to uh, Rick Flag, who is in an encounter with a pterodactyl. Big O, is that a ter- or was it a? There's a T-Rex in there, right? Or yeah, the, oh, T-Rex in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. is later on. Okay, later on. Okay. Uh, so Rick Flag, Task Force X, and the Challenges of the Unknown are there, uh, and they travel to the island yeah. uh, that Flag is on, um, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to, uh, what you call it? I think they're trying to rescue everybody. Um, yeah. But, uh, what's going on? Um, while all this is happening, uh, Hal is going through a lot of tests before being accepted by King Faraday. King Faraday is not a king; that's his first name. I when right, I when yeah. I read this, I was like, "Who the fuck is he, yeah. the king of?" It, yeah, it it takes you a minute, right? Yeah, I didn't like that part. I mean, it's cool, but you know, it's whatever. Uh, so this is before Hal gets the ring, and Hal is working for, uh, for uh, uh, what you call it, Ferris uh, Airlines. Uh, yeah, and so he's in this. Uh, in this test tube, like not little tube, is like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, simulator. Yeah, he's in this flight, flight simulator. simulator, and Greenland and Origin happens. He gets picked up mysteriously, and he's starting to get flown over to this crash site, and that's where he finds Abin Sir, and that's how uh, you know he gets the ring, and that's whenever we start entering in uh, the superhero arc of Hal Jordan, because beforehand it was uh, the test pilot phase going up, and then now we have him with the ring. Um, and then later on, uh, after all that, we have uh, John Henry who gets captured, and so it, let's just let's, what ha- what's the main plot? Like, what's, the, what's who's the big bad of the, the big new bad frontier? is the island. The big bad is the island. That island is not normal. And what is this island? What's going on with it? It is uh, it's a giant alien ship that's here to destroy the Earth, but it's it's. It has organisms that look like dinosaurs living on it. Dinosaurs and monsters. So it can, like, out of its pores, it can shoot more, like, fantastical things and stuff. It's it's wacky. Comics are goofy. That's, 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 that's like our trademark. Like an alien monster island. Yeah, an alien monster island. It has a giant uh, cycloptic eye Oof. that can shoot, like, heat comparable to the sun. 
it, I mean, I mean, it can fly. It has this is terrifying. Jets. Yeah, this no, is horrifying. Those always like in the books, sci-fi books, are just a big monstrous thing with just one eye. Always creeped me out as a yeah. kid. Like they always did what it was supposed to do. Like Starro, I, mean? I know he looks silly. He's a starfish with an eye. Uh, He's to me, scary to looking. Me it's scary, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, Starro is pretty fucking scary. Especially when you consider that he takes over your mind. Yeah. You know, oh, so. The, yeah, it that attaches itself to your face and takes over your mind. Thanks. Um, but yeah, it's a gigantic island that cre- cre- that creates like these dinosaur mm-hmm. entities that can just go out and attack whatever. And it can fly, and it can shoot bursts of uh, solar power, whatever, like like plasma almost. Well, that call, that that threat, that imminent danger, it kind of unites all of these heroes. Because remember, the JSA doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no more JSA, but there are heroes who are out there working by themselves. And the one who kind of brings them together is Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. He kind of you know. Because even Superman and Wonder Woman, two beacons of of integrity, honor, justice, they have different ideas of what those are in this book. Their first interaction does not go over smoothly. Wonder Woman has finally made it to man's world, and she is in Cambodia, North Korea, South Korea. She's over there in Asia, and she's freeing a bunch of women held captive, uh, as concubines, as maids, just mm-hmm. slaves in general. She's killing men and threatening the rest of them. The U.S. government does not like this. And they're like, uh, we, need to, we need to put a stop to this. So they send Superman. And Superman confronts Wonder Woman about this. Like, uh, you need to stop. You know, the U.S. government. And she's like, I don't, I don't follow the U.S. government. I'm not a puppet like you. And he takes offense to that, mm-hmm. but she's like not backing down because these, these heroes, they're, they're not, they're not in their traditional presentations. Wonder Woman is a true warrior and she has like her warrior, like she's got her sword. She's got her shield. She's like, if Superman wants some, this mother, this dude can get folded, you know? I'm not here to play. Yeah. I'm I'm here to free lives. I'm yeah. here. I'm here for justice. What are you here for? If you think you're here for justice, you are mistaken. Because your justice is working for your government. My justice is freeing people, you know, under the rule of oppression. And Superman kind of leaves. <laughs> like she put him in his place. She put him in his fucking place. And he's like, fine. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, exactly. You know? How cool would a story be with Superman crash landing on Themyscira and being raised by the Amazons? Would they have drowned him? No know. man can set foot on Themyscira. So they might, Hippolyta might have like, mm, let's put this baby in the yeah. water. That <laughs> <laughs> took a dark turn. Never mind. <laughs> but even like Superman and Batman's first interaction yeah. is full of mistrust and like, yeah. you know, um, Superman. Everyone always, there's always like a scene where Superman looks through Batman's cowl, like, oh, you're Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And this one's super, Batman is already ready for Superman. Like, yeah. he's been studying everybody. Yeah. He found out John Jones was a Martian and was, uh, had a weakness against fire, confronted him about it, like, telling him, don't fuck up. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm watching you. You know, you can terrify I know, I know you have powers, but I also know how to negate them and I will take you down. If you're not using your powers for the right thing, that's kind of how Batman approached him. And then the same thing, like Batman knew Superman had x-ray vision. He lined his cowl before they ever met with lead and Superman could not feel like how, like I've been watching. Don't don't worry about me. Don't worry about (laughs) it. Yeah. Don't worry about me, bro. Worry about yourself. I heard, I heard Wonder Woman slap (laughs) you down. Like it's it's crazy the whole uh, every, all the interaction which makes perfect sense when you're dealing with a bunch of masked vigilantes so to speak. We call them heroes because at the end of the day they do save lives, they save the planet over and over. But they're vigilantes. Yeah. Don't get it wrong. Yeah. They're acting outside the outside of the law a lot of times. Yeah, they do work with the law hand in hand at times, but like Batman just goes and punches dudes, man. He like breaks <laughs> 
That's breaking and entering. You can't just enter someplace illegally. What's that thing? Think of all the think of all the property damage that Superman does. You know how many insurances insurance companies will be on his ass? Like, yo, Superman, we got this list of cars, bro. What's that one meme where it says like the Hulk when, uh, when the yeah. Hulk throws your car and oh, misses? Yeah. Work, a, work a twelve hour shift just to see the Hulk throw it at an enemy and miss. <laughs> it's like that one, is that the one where bat, like the guy's all beat up and he's like, I was just trying to sell an eighth to support my family. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in Crime Alley. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's a great story, yeah. though. Again, but like how Jordan comes and unifies and. It tells a lot of his origin where he goes to Oa, he meets other Green Lanterns, and he realizes the amount of responsibility that these Green Lanterns have. They're, you know, selected to protect sectors of the universe by, like, old-ass guardians. These guardians have been alive for millennia, and they, you know, have put their faith, their trust into these protectors one by one, and they've chosen Hal Jordan. And now it's his turn. He's like, well, the planet is in danger. How do I stop this? How do I save this? And he's got to figure out how to bring these heroes together, especially with all the mistrust. And But it's funny because you see, like, Batman, the next time he interacts with Superman, Batman now has Robin with him. And Superman's like, so I see you're beginning to trust a little bit more. And Batman's like, well, yeah, I was saving a little girl and scared the shit out of her. So I figured... And and it, the, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of what happened. Yeah, like he needed something lighter because he wasn't always gonna be dealing with Harden, yeah. like the Joker Dang. or the Riddler. Sometimes when he was needed, it was to save a life of like a kidnapped child or something. And he did not want to frighten them. He was meaning to frighten criminals, right? Not children. So, um. But yeah, uh, Hal Jordan essentially collects this these gaggle of heroes. So the Flash himself, uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, the Martian Manhunter, Adam Strange. Oh, um, yeah. The Adam, uh, the U.S. military, I think. And they're all gathered together to try to bring this thing down. Um, yeah, it is the Adam because the Adam loans Barry the Flash. Yeah a piece of the white dwarf star that he uses to shrink up and down to kind oh. of like he puts on a belt and yeah. a jetpack and everything. And he like runs around yeah. the planet that are not the, the planet, the but island. the Island yeah. essentially shooting it with the Adam shrink yes. ray and shrinking it little <laughs> by little by little, which weakens it, allowing the rest of this newly formed justice league to attack and essentially destroy and thereby save the planet. Tight. Yeah. No, it's a great story. You got to check it out. I love it. Um, the the intro of The Flash is a cool one because he's in Vegas. Yeah, with uh, Captain Cold. With Captain Cold. Yeah. He's there. Uh, he's on the phone with Iris West. And then all of a sudden, Captain Cold is like, yo, give me, give me your money. Yeah. You know, like, like a typical villain in the 50s. Yeah. We're here for money. See him? Yeah. You know, just. <laughs> And the Flash is like, hang on, Iris, I got to do something real fast. Are you still there? And in between those two, like, sound effects, he's, like, punched Captain Cold 15 times, taking his freeze gun, dismantled it, and then freed <laughs> everyone else. So it's, it's, it's such a great, again, I always say that DC Comics are all about hope. Mm-hmm. They're very bright. And Darwin Cook really, really encapsulates that. All his stories really show that. And I was surprised, too, man, because this book really does have a light tone to it, considering all of the content that it has inside of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Zack Snyder fans could read, I would tell them to read <laughs> New Frontier. <laughs> if they could fucking read. This is what the DC universe is supposed to oh be. Oh, my gosh. But that's true. That's so true. Dude, I would love it if they if like they re. This was the next step, like the the reboot of right. the DC universe. Not that Black Adam bullshit. Let them go no, back in time. Was... Fuck it. Let them, let them yeah. go back in time and tell these stories from the classic age. Because if... I think you could even do it now. Uh-huh. I like Man of Steel. I th- I still maintain that Man of Steel is a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Everything after that fell off so hard, 
from the story to the cinematography to the to the acting, the actors that they chose, everything just fell off. Man of Steel was perfect. Um, but it seemed like it's like it's like when you get a a, a professional athlete and they're playing their hardest for that longer contract. Yeah. And then they like, Oh yeah, I finally got the bag. Now I can shit the bed. Right. They like completely, they, they, they come, they trans, they're like pumpkins. They're fucking Cinderella's chariots turning back. They hit midnight. Yeah. They turn into a fucking pumpkin. That's what, uh, everything after man of steel was. Yeah. It's a fucking pumpkin. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Man of steel was, was really good, but I don't think that they could capture the, the elements I think they could because at the end, uh, Superman was willing to utilize hope. Yeah. He even mentioned the, oh, the, the, it's not an S. It stands for hope. Well, use that going forward. You know, you can install hope in, in the world. And they're really not like, I mean, as far as like my perspective, they're really not the Justice League to me. As far as like, yeah, the Justice League, the Justice League, I felt wrote the like the book on teamwork. Yeah. Like. They they haven't gotten to that point yet where they're just they realize like, hey, we can all do this all the time because they've already introduced them when they're like an imminent threat and they don't have time to like have these small interactions or, uh, you know, oh, Batman, like, oh, yeah, I know. It's all like we've got to save the world first and then you deal with like who we are. And right. that's, it already killed the vibe of yeah. like just being the justice. League. Everybody's doing their own separate thing and being if I want to do it my way or my way or. It's a it's a whole Peter Quill. Yeah, Look, yeah. You made a plan, but it sucks. So let me do the plan. That way, it'll work. <laughs> I need to have that kind of energy. Yeah. <laughs> but man, this this was a really cool book. What's really impressive of it is that uh, one creator, one writer, one, one artist, creator, one writer. Yeah, no uh, shit. And this was this was his book. This was Darwin's mm-hmm. cookbook. Right, Darwin Cook's book. Yeah, um, and to. Piggyback on the the animated film, this was the, the animated film was a really good adaptation to it mm-hmm. yeah. compared to mm-hmm. it, the previous episode with Batman Hush and that episode. Sorry, that uh, that twelve story issue storyline that didn't really translate well right. into the mm-hmm. film. Yeah, to whereas this one had just the amount they as, condensed it a little. Uh, yeah, but uh, but it kept a lot of the same major beats from yes. the story. You know. And they kept a lot of his uh, his uh, the art quality. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so cool, man. So good to look at. And uh, Dar- fun fact: Darwin Cook is the one responsible behind the Batman Beyond uh, title intro. So, yes, yes. Yeah, so there you go. He created that title intro. Wow, so, yeah. cool. And uh, but yeah, that's DC New Frontier. DC New Frontier. Go check it out, guys. If if you've never read a full Justice League book, it's there are six issues. Uh, there's two volumes of it. You know, or collect. there's one gigantic absolute edition. Well, yeah, you can get one of those. Yeah, you can get Make one. Make sure of those. you head over to your local comic book store and see if you can pick one up. Yeah. All right. You guys, ready for a break? Yeah. Cool. Hi, this is Sarah, and I'm Carter, and this is some of our thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. <laughs> so check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about pros and pros and heroes. Gonna tell you about. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. 
I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything. And, and basically, I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah. That's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bows Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and, bros and heroes. Gonna tell you about bros and, bros and heroes. Gonna tell you about. Welcome back to Longbox Podcast. This segment is brought to you by the LaSalle Shops of Waco. Thank you to LaSalle Shops for being a sponsor for today's episode. The LaSalle Shops is a locally owned and operated antiques and collectible store that houses a variety of vendors inside one of Waco's historic former hotels. The LaSalle Shops is your one-stop shop to satisfy your love of all things old, odd, and interesting. You know what? I bet they might have like a loose New Frontier issue. Just like, because they have a, they have a yeah, good a selection of comics. Of comics. I, I bet there's at least one or two issues of New Frontier. There. I, I found this is really random. I found a roller derby uh, catalog there, and I bought it for Gypsy, and she has it framed in her office in the rink. Huh. It's really it's random, and yeah. it's, it's like it would look like I found it in the comic book section. Dang! And it's like a magazine, and you flip through it. I think it's from like the 30s or the 40s, and uh, really, really old because the the teams on there it has like the the, the 20s rockers or something like that. Yeah. Um, like the, the the roller derby teams, yeah. they were they were the like stones. roller derbying, but they still had like pots of coffee to serve. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. With a, car one one with back. a plate of sandwiches. Like, hold on, hold on, guys. Let me there go down the house. Popcorn, anybody? <laughs> but no, like, cigarettes, I, popcorn, I, sandwiches. I noticed the names. The names are kind of like real silly and whimsical. Yeah. yeah. And I just I really want to go back in time to find out when roller derby switched from that whimsical to that like. Uh, Bad Bitch Kelly as the yeah. as the roller derby name or some shit like that, or I think uh, one of the baddest one is like uh, I don't think I can say that. Uh, we'll uh, my bad. Uh, getting back to today's episode, on closing New Frontiers. Our new Frontiers. Okay, roller derby chicks are awesome, man. Uh, DC's New Frontier. Closing thoughts on this one. This this was a really amazing uh, intro to the Justice League, to the history of the DC universe. To uh, to one really outstanding creator in Darwin Cook, uh, kind of like what we had in the last episode, where you know the previous issue, was, sorry, the previous storyline was, you know, you can kind of jump in and learn all about Batman. This is a really cool way to jump in and learn all about the Justice League. Yeah, I, I agree, especially for like for me, I grew up with a lot of Marvel Golden Age, Silver Age stuff, just because my dad. So I didn't, we, there wasn't a lot of DC stuff that I could read. So when I started like collecting, collecting comics, like, you know, actually like looking for back issues, like super old issues for myself, I never thought to look to DC stuff because it never kind of interested me because I wasn't, wasn't into it. But this story was really like a fun new way to, like you said, get the origin of the characters, get that vibe. Darn Cook's work's amazing of uh, colorful, but also simple kind of designs and stuff. And uh, it's, it was a really good story. So I liked it. Yeah, I immediately fell in love with it because, you know, it's like a modern classic tale. You know, it was came out in 2004, but it, it, it harkens back to the earliest days of the DC universe. Yeah, And I grew up like, I don't want to say opposite of Mondo, but I grew up with super friends. And mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't read a lot of DC. Com- I did read Marvel and occasionally a DC comic book here. But and Super Friends imprinted on me hard because that that was every afternoon, like three to three thirty, you know, Monday through Friday. And then you had on Saturdays, the superpowers, the, uh, the superpowers TV show, which was Super Friends, but made for the 80s, you know, so. It's like, yeah, this is amazing. I love it. I don't, you know, like, um, just seeing this this classic rendition of the Justice League, how they kind of came together. It was because we talked about Starro, and that was like the first villain that the Justice League proper, with their first book ever faced, and it they that Justice League was missing Batman and Superman. It was Wonder Woman, the Manhunter, Aquaman, and the Flash. 
Like that was the Justice League. I didn't at the know time. that. Yeah. Yeah, Superman and Batman joined later. Wow. Yeah. Damn it, man. So, but like I said, DC New Frontier, uh, definitely a book that you have to get to, to really get a good scope of the history of the DC universe in one go around. Uh, make sure you head over to your local comic book shop or Comicsology and get it checked out. Yep. You guys have any closing shout outs for this one? Yeah, always. 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 Shout out my wife. Hey. Uh, Getting ready to eat some of that pot roast. Hey. I put one on before we got here. Before I left, before I came for the. Are y'all inviting y'all's friends over? <laughs> spooky friends. I, yeah, I mean. Oh, I no, oh! I thought you were talking about us. Like, oh, of course not. But dude, Danny's neighbors set up this really <laughs> extravagant, uh, like haunted house. But it has like a whole storyline into yeah. it, and I can't wait to find oh, out what happens gosh. next, man. It was crazy. He like built all that stuff himself, and that's insane. So dude. I was looking at the what it is. It's like three priests, three like, shrouded, okay, yeah. three shrouded priestesses praying over a sarcophagus, and the it has the name of Rosalie on the sarcophagus. You don't know. And I was looking at, it and so he's got like pillars in his backyard because yeah. he he built uh, a pergola, and I'm looking at it and trying to get a better view. And what happens is I lean back to get a better view, and that's when I see the doll swinging. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> and that's when the guy told me, "Oh yeah, the the sarcophagus, the girl Rosalie, that's her soul." Like, no, he said it that chipper. Like, yeah, yeah, just, no. yeah. Like, you know what? I think I've got to go home now. I think so. that's a real, real situation. It's probably happening. Yeah. So shout out to your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my wife, uh, DeLaNina.co. She's still hot at work getting those earrings done. So make sure you guys head over to DeLaNina.co over on Instagram and uh, check out all her stuff. Um, shout out to you guys uh, for keeping me up to date with a lot of these storylines that we go through. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Mason for being the cool guy behind our production over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Producer Mondo, Mason. Producer Mason. Uh, shout out to my wife. Um, shout out to Rogue Media. Shout out to you guys. Um, shout out to Nick. He'll be helping us. He helped us this last oh, convention. Yeah. He's going to help us this next one, uh, which also shout out to MexAmericaCon, MexAmericaCon, which we'll be at. Um, it's at the Mexican-American Cultural Center in Austin, and it's November 5th. So come check us out. We'll have some stuff. Danny will be there. I will be in attendance at that one. I'll be in yeah. attendance this time. So it's a fun time, and we look forward to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. We are out, guys. Catch See you all next later. time. Peace. Be sure to hit the like button, subscribe, and tune in every other week to see what we have to say. Um, you can find us on social media. You can find Joey at Joey Gonzalez. Um, you can find me at Armando Ramirez underscore art. And you can find Danny at Imaginary Heroics. And you can find Plus Waco Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Plus Waco Comics. Excelsior. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> a couple of them in there. Curse you, Richards. I don't know. <laughs>